You're listening to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We hope you're encouraged and strengthened as you listen to this week's message. Hallelujah. How's everybody? Doing good? Good morning. Welcome to New Hope. We love saying good morning and welcome. If you're a guest here, we want to especially give you a warm big hug and thanks for being here, family being here. My name's Pastor Ralph and it's a, it's a pleasure and an honor always to come and share what God is doing. Just gonna, let's, let's open with prayer. Father, you have been speaking to us about seeing and the word revelation means to lift the veil so that we can see clearly. And Lord, as we have revelation and we see, we're transformed. And Father, then we demonstrate, we're able to demonstrate your life in us and the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So Father, even this morning we ask, we always ask for revelation, that you'd open our eyes to see clearly, lift the veil on things. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that your word, which is life and living, would go forth, and that which it's sent to accomplish, it will accomplish. We have confidence in that, because your word says that your word will not return void, that it will go out, and it will bring revelation, it will bring transformation to us. So Lord, we're honored this morning to be able to gather and receive from you fresh revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? How many of you heard, you know, we've heard the saying a million times, right? A, a picture is worth a thousand words, right? So it's always, you know, God speaks to us in pictures. He, some of the greatest things you remember is you might not even remember a lot of what I actually share this morning, but I hope that you, that you can take away a few pictures that will help you understand the, the essence of what I want to try to communicate this morning. So the scripture is full of pictures, full of um, examples or illustrations of us being able to see, see things. So let's start out with, with 1 Corinthians of, uh, chapter 9, verse 10. So 1 Corinthians 9, 10. It's a simple verse, but I think it's very powerful. And I'm going to paraphrase it just a little bit because I just want to highlight one significant part of it. And it's really simple. He who plows should plow in hope. Okay? He who plows should plow in hope. So I just want you to comprehend that for a minute. A lot of you who don't know, I mean, a lot of you who know me know that I'm married to beautiful Wanda. My wife's name is Wanda. Uh, She was born and raised on a farm in South Dakota and being from an Italian from Rochester, New York, I'd never seen nothing like it. Um, but it was a full working farm, uh, a homestead farm. It's pretty impressive. Um, but I have my father-in-law is a farmer. He's been farming. He's 85 years old, and it's his life farming. How many could imagine the Dust Bowl of the 30s, or he was born in 28, or the t- hard times out in the out in the land of Dakota? Um, imagine them every year having to put their hand to the plow. And, uh, you know, sometimes the yields were not what they were today. You understand? There were some hard times and there were some good times. There were some 
years of drought where there wasn't much of a yield and they barely made it. Um, but every, every spring came along. After the long winter, spring comes, and, you know, the ground is ready for fresh seed. Isn't that amazing? So he who plows should plow in hope. Now, just for a minute, I want you to, I want everybody to think about your own personal life for a minute. This, I believe this is a, a word that can be applied to our life personally and corporately. So just think about your life. Where, where, where do you have your hand to the plow? What are you working? What field are you working in? If you're plowing something, it means you're, you have your hand to the plow. It doesn't go automatically. It's not like one of these John Deere multi-million dollar GPS tractors, you know. Uh, these things run basically self-sufficiently, almost at lack of human being. We're talking about putting your hand to the plow. Where are you working? And as you work unto the Lord, as you have your assignment before you, he who plows should plow in hope. I believe God wants to breathe hope into every area of your life this morning. So where are you plowing? Where's your hand on? Where field you in? So I want you to, I want you to remember the farmer who every spring he plows and he sows seed in hope. What is hope? I had a neat experience I'm going to share, but what is hope? Let's define hope. You know, hope is a confident expectation. Confident expectation. Hope is a firm assurance regarding things that are unclear and unknown. Uh, in Romans, it says that if we can see hope, if hope is seen, guess what? It's not hope, right? You understand that? If I'm hoping for something, it means I cannot see it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The assurance of things hoped for the evidence of things not just seen. So how many have dreams in your heart? There are dreams in your heart. There are things that you're dreaming about. There are things that you're believing God for and you're hoping for. Let's, let's just hit on one of my favorites in Romans 4. You know, Abraham had hope beyond hope. You understand? It says Abraham had, was in who contrary, the New King James says, contrary to hope, in hope he believed. He was going to be the father of many nations. God spoke to him a promise, and it seemed like his body was dead because it was over 100 years old, and Sarah's womb was dead. But, but God, who gives life to the dead things, right? God can give life to those things that are dead, and he calls them things that do not exist as though they did. So that's, that's just pretty awesome in the sense of, you know, I've been having a lot of fun with this kind of, you know, this kind of mind-blowing thing of the Word of God because the Word of God is mind-blowing. It blows your mind. So here's Abraham who believed God, who avoided the natural circumstances of his life, the things that he could see did not make sense, but he said God can bring things that are dead to life, and he also ca calls those, those things which do not exist as if they did. So contrary to hope, and hope, Abraham believed and had hope. 
Verse 21 in chapter 4 is one of my favorites because Abraham, and I want to speak it to New Hope, and New Hope being fully convinced that he who had promised was also able to perform it. So he who promised is the one that our hope is in and our trust is in that he will be able to perform that which we're hoping for. So hope is confident expectation. My heart is filled with hope. Hope is a firm assurance regarding things that are unclear and unknown. If you are 100% confident or you have $100,000 in the bank, then you don't have to hope for that $100,000. Because it's, it's, it's seen. It's already in the bank. It's when you're believing for that which you do not see, because I believe this is where God has us in this journey of our personal life and our corporate life, because how many are believing and hoping for much more than we can see right now? Much more than we can see, much more than we've ever experienced, and we're believing God, and we're asking God to do that which only he can perform. Hope is also the anticipation, usually with pleasure or desire, so there's an expectation in your heart. There's an expectation, there's an anticipation, there's a confidence that when you hope, it's for the good. I think this is really important in this time, in this season. We could get completely consumed with current events, circumstances, things that keep our eyes on temporal things which are on earth and not see beyond that which is eternal, which is above. We are encouraged to keep our eyes on things above, things which are unseen, which are eternal, things that are seen are temporal. So in this day, we have to be very aware that God is a God of hope. We're anticipating. There's expectation. There's confidence. And remember, hope is seeing something that cannot be seen. It cannot be seen. If you can see it, it's not hope. Bill Johnson has a great quote that I've been meditating on, and it kind of goes something like this. Any area of our life, any area, any part, you know, anything in our life, any area of our life that does not have hope is under the influence of a lie. I really like that quote. Because the lie is there to hinder hope, to, to, to cover hope, to suffocate hope. So any area of your life, as you're even thinking about this, if you have said to yourself, in this area of my life, I'm hopeless, or I'm in despair, I have no hope in that area, that area of your life is under the influence of a lie. And I'm believing that God's going to bring revelation today, and we're going to pray, and we're going to break that lie off of you so that in that area of your life, you can have hope. So let's believe God today to break off a lie and to release faith and to release hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I had an experience, and you know, what God does for me personally is he's always talking and he's always revealing and through experiences is where I believe this, this whole thing came because I, it was really cool. Let me, let me just share it. In worship and in his presence, 
I clearly heard Jesus say that he was the answer to every problem. And that sounds like so simple. But like, we're talking about global, nations, personal, finances, families, church. Jesus Christ, the living Son of God who rose from the dead. I'm in his presence, and it was almost, it, it was so clear, the Lord said to me, Ralph, Jesus is the answer to every problem. Because Jesus is the hope for all nations. So sometimes, for me personally, I can relate to this. Um, how many of you know, you know, nine out of ten days, I'm the most optimistic guy on planet Earth, right? If anybody knows me, I'm, I'm very positive and very optimistic. But the Lord showed me something about that, which I'll get to later. But sometimes the waves seem to crash in. Waves ever crash in? Waves crash in on you. What you see doesn't line up with what you're believing for. Sometimes things overwhelm you. Circumstances can get, kind of get you down a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you can find your place in a place of despair. The, the opposite of hope is despair. So you can be filled with hope or despair. Hopelessness. Praying about this, uh, the, the worst situation of hopelessness is that ugly spirit of suicide. It's the worst despair and the worst hopelessness a human being could experience and then people get robbed because they didn't have hope. They didn't have hope. They saw no hope and they were hopeless. So it was in his presence and he said he was the answer to all the problems and then I was getting, in this certain moment, waves were crashing in and like, like a blink of an eye and I, I want to get into this a little bit because when we talk about a supernatural life, we're talking about a lifestyle that is completely relying upon the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. A supernatural lifestyle is a lifestyle completely relying on, depending on the power of the Holy Spirit. It is not a mustered up, psych yourself up, self thing that you can sit in your office, or you can sit at work, or you can sit with your family, and you can try to muster up this fabricated kind of thing. It's a work of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to learn about this a little bit today. But in a blink of an eye, despair literally was, you know, if whatever picture you like, we like pictures, so if it's a video game, or if it's some, if despair was closing in the waves of hopelessness were starting to crash on you. Picture these pictures, because that's what happens. And then in a moment, the Holy Spirit disintegrated that, and he filled me with hope. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, may the God of hope fill you. May the God of hope fill you. And then he said, I'm the God of hope, and I'm filling you the God of hope. I don't know if, and, and how many of you know that when you hear that and you know it's the Lord, that you know there's a scripture behind it? So immediately all I had to do, literally what I did was I went on my little tool and I put may the God of hope or the God of hope. And it's Romans 15, 13. Romans 
15.13. And here's what it says. I'm going to read out of the King James, because sometimes I just really like the King James. Now the God of hope. Now the God of hope. You realize it's saying now? Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope. How? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may, that ye may abound, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the God of hope, the God of expectation, the God of anticipating good things. We could say, May now the God of expectation will fill you. Now, how about this fill you? Fill you. Tracy, fill you. I love this. You know, when you get a scripture, fill you. Just fill you. Because here's what happened. Here's what happened. You realize, somebody said, did Dick say, what we displace his things? You know, if there's fear and despair or there's um, uh, dread in you, when you are filled with something else, remember, like, perfect love cast out all fear. So if there's something in you that's not supposed to be in you, when you get filled, that leaves and now you're filled. Right? So, so think about it. You're filled. But here's, but here's what's awesome about that word. When it says, now the God of hope fill you. Check it out. Cram. Cram. Stuffed. Made full. Fill up. But can you picture, like, you know, what's, what if our, what's one of our favorite sayings at Thanksgiving, right? Ugh, I'm stuffed. I can't eat no more. I mean, like, you know, you ever stuff, you know, uh, my kids, one of my pictures on this one is the kids coming home from college. You've never seen a laundry bag so stuffed with dirty laundry. Crammed. Right, crammed, stuffed. There was no other room. It was packed, you know, Dad, I'm home. You know, I need two people to lift the thing out of the car. May the God of hope fill you. See how we think it's just kind of like, oh, just, you know, just give me a little splash. Just, just fill me up. Let me take a drink. No, no. May the God of hope cram down your throat, basically, right? <laughs> Stuff you to overflowing, fill you up, make you full, satisfy you. With all joy and peace in believing. All joy. So here's what's amazing. I'm going to jump ahead just for a minute. By the power of the Holy Spirit. The power there is deutimus. Everybody know deutimus power? If you don't, if you've never been here before, deutimus is dynamite, force, power. It's the same power that happened in Acts when Pentecost came. It's the promise of the Holy Spirit. It's miracle-working power. It's supernatural power. It's power above yourself. Watch this. This is a neat one of that. Just Again, you're always getting revelation. It's a miracle in itself. It's a miracle in itself. It's a miracle in itself that despair wanted to come, hopelessness wanted to come, dread wanted to come. And the miracle, the power of the Holy Spirit, was it didn't come. Hope came. It wasn't, I wasn't even looking, you know, I wasn't like, I was doing searches for hope. Hope came. 
May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace and believing by the power of the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden we're filled with hope. We're filled with hope. It was a God thing. It was supernatural. It was by the power of the Holy Spirit. All joy, all joy, cheerfulness, gladness, delight, calmness, the fullness of his joy, the abundance of his joy, exceedingly joy. May the God of hope fill you with, with joy in this world, in this time, in this day, in this hour. Now, may the God of hope fill you up, right? Now, may the God of hope fill you up. Cheerfulness, gladness, delight, calmness. And then he wants to fill you with peace. Man, what an exchange for dread and fear and despair. I want to fill you with joy and with peace. You know, it's a peace. I love peace because I always, one of my favorite scriptures is that Jesus is, you know, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. He's a prince of peace. It's in there, not in that order. The prince of peace. And he'll give us peace, rest, quietness, prosperity, body, soul, and spirit. Oneness with God. Our relationship with God is secure. It's a peace that surpasses understanding of our times. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. We are not in denial when we can have a, a countenance, a joy, and a peace that is supernatural in the world that we live in. Because current events don't shape us. Global stuff doesn't shake us. The truth is we have a viewpoint and we have an understanding of a king and a kingdom that will never end. And Stephen talked two weeks ago about the advancing kingdom of God on the earth which believers are part of now. So we have a hope. There's a living hope. And Peter says we have a living hope. So God, in believing... You know, how many know that Abraham had to believe God? In believing God and having faith in God, trusting in God, it was accounted to Abraham righteousness because Abraham didn't have the beautiful, spotless Messiah lamb of God. So believing and having faith was accounted to him as righteous. We now have the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It is finished. Jesus is our Savior, he is the one that we're believing in. So in believing, having faith in God, trusting in him, I love this thing about entrusting your life, entrusting your future, entrusting everything to him. So I want to continue to keep reading the whole verse. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. May abound in hope. Now, this is where it gets like really radical, okay? The God of hope literally stuffs you, fills you with all joy and peace and believing, and then he says, now I want you to be abounding in hope. Here's the word abounding. Super abound. You know, we love supersizing everything. 
It is, it is hope supersized. Be, like, we're talking complete access. Abundance, enough to spare, over the top, above and beyond, leaping in expectation. I mean, uh, abounding in hope. Why does scripture put abounding in hope? You know, we could have said, like, you know, I'll fill you with 82%. Abounding. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Abound. Enough to spare. Over and beyond what you think. If you like pictures, if whatever your swimming pool is, is a, a, a big bucket, it is, it is overflowing. It's more than you need. In your spirit, the Father wants your heart to be leaping in expectation. Leaping. Leaping. That we may abound in hope, expectation of God's promises and of his word being true on the earth now. Expecting, target, um, you know, the Lord always speaks to me through commercials and different things that are on media. There's a, we saw a, a clip Friday night, and before, I, before this beautiful woman, Lori, who shared the word on Friday night, um, had used it, Kia Soul, you know the Kia Soul, the car? They have this great commercial, and at the end it says, totally transformed. You know, and here God's been speaking to us as a church about being totally transformed. You know, we're being totally transformed by revelation and understanding. So it's a neat commercial. Uh, the one, you know, Target, what is Target's logo? Anybody know Target's logo? Expect great things. Expect great things. You know, that's a kingdom saying. That's a kingdom saying. Expect great things. And, and now go back to this experience I had with the Lord because part of my personality, we all have a personality. We all have a background. We all have how we were raised as kids. We all have different things that affect our life. But I'm telling you, the principles and the, and the, the truth of the kingdom overrides all your personality. If you are one who says to me, Pastor Ralph, you were just born an optimist. The cup from the time you were six years old, the cup is always full, it's never empty. God's going to do great things. The truth is that you don't know me. Because I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. Both my mom and dad are home with the Lord. But I'm telling you, we had some awful experiences in our home. And one of the things that the Lord put in my spirit, even through this message, is the Lord showed me many years ago, he took me on a vision of my earthly father and how he hindered me dreaming, and how he never sowed into me the ability. The truth is, I was born in a poverty mindset. I was born in poverty. I grew up in poverty. You weren't allowed to dream. You, you, my parents never went to high school. We, weren't, we didn't even talk about college. You know, the greatest thing that my dad had for me was to go in the military, which, praise God, he did that, because I met Wanda. But see, for him, and the truth was, when you get to know my dad... You know, if it was his grandfather, right? His grandfather, and now my father, and now me, and now my sons. So for me, though, it's not true. The kingdom changed me. The kingdom, the truth of the king and the kingdom 
transformed me. My heart is filled with hope because I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We now have hope, and it's a positive, expect great things from God attitude. See how that sounds? See, see what happens? And, and, and a lot of you, again, uh, I don't want to even mention names, but we know that there are circles or streams or parts of the body of Christ that hear that, and immediately there's resistance. It's the faith message. It's, it's expect great things from God. Well, you don't know my disappointments. I know your disappointments. Believe. God is a God of hope. Whether you believe you are disappointed or not, God is a God of hope. Right. Expect great things from God. We are not naive. We know that in the Proverbs, Proverbs 13, 12. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Right? Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, you know how that desire cometh? By the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not a self-working, it's not a let me go out and, and complain and whine and be angry and bitter for 10 years and then finally I'll come back around to the mountain. No, actually, hope deferred, hope prolonged, hope delayed, it's not coming as I thought, hope is deferred, makes my heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. It's a tree of life. Hope displaced dread, hopelessness. God is a God of hope. God is a God of hope, and we get to partake in that through the power of the Holy Spirit. In a sense, when, I, when the Lord spoke to me that he was a God of hope, I believe he said right to my spirit, I'm very positive. I'm very positive. I'm very positive about the condition of the world. I'm very positive of what my son accomplished and what his beautiful bride is on the earth to accomplish. I'm very, I'm very positive. With God, you can expect great things. You can expect great things. I want to highlight three things and just give you a few promises in God's word. We have hope because we belong to him. As a believer in Jesus Christ, in Ephesians 2, can't get into the whole thing, but I just want to say it simple like this. Unbelievers have no hope. Sounds radical, right? Unbelievers, it's true. Wherever you were before you became a believer and God revealed his love to you, and you, and you were born again, and you, you were transformed, you were transferred into another kingdom, you were hopeless. Some, you know, look around, you think people got stuff, you know, the, 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 it's a hopeless situation apart from the king and his kingdom. So we have hope because we belong to God. And we have hope because not only do we belong to him, but we can know him. We can know him. He was talking to me. He was speaking to me. He speaks to you. Through the power of his Holy Spirit, he breathes on his word and his promises. So the things that we see are already here. The things that we're believing God for with great anticipation or expectation, the thing we do not see, the thing that we're hoping for, we're saying, God, I believe it. It's got to be grounded and rooted in the word of God. His kingdom's advancing. 
We're a people who have influence on the earth. But as we hope, remember that Jesus Christ is a victorious king. And his kingdom is now. His kingdom is now. Now, the God of hope fill you. Now, the kingdom is here. Now, the kingdom is within you. Now, the kingdom is displayed through you. His word and his promises are true. Always be reminded of the scripture. When you're in a situation, go to the scripture. He overcame. He defeated sin and death. He won. He's alive. We do not celebrate Jesus on Easter Sunday. He is alive. He was raised from the dead. The same power that raised him from the dead lives in every believer. I mean, that's powerful. He's for us. He's not against us. When we meditate on truth, we are filled with hope. We're filled with hope. We are believers in his body. We are the body of Christ. When we see clearly, this was an interesting one because if you were here through worship, uh, a prophetic word, and sometimes I like to explain some of the things that happen even from the platform. The, the prophetic word, the prophetic means that God is still speaking today. Prophetic, we can hear God's voice. God speaks to me and I can communicate that. God was speaking about jumping into the river. You remember that? God was speaking about jumping into the river. What's in the river? It's a river of life. There's a river. There's a river flowing from the throne of God. There's a river that's flowing abundant life on it. Everywhere it touches is transformed and changed. So I wrote down here before that prophetic word, when we know that we're the body of Christ, we can see clearly who the king is and what his kingdom's all about. That brings hope. If you have a distorted view of the king and his kingdom, it will rob you of hope. If you have a distorted view of the king and his kingdom, you will not have hope. But when you have eyes to see clearly, hope is a river flowing abundantly in our lives. We are called to be a people of hope. We are called to be carriers of hope. Um, please check yourself on Facebook or tweeting or whatever. You know, as the body of Christ, people read everything you put on the internet. I, I can be honest with you, I've read some things and I said, there's a lack of hope in that situation. There is a lack of hope because maybe you got caught the current event of the day. We're not naive. We're not ignorant. We're not, our head's not in the sand. I wept over the 39 people that were killed in Nairobi yesterday. Was it yesterday? 39 people massacred. Open mall in Nairobi. Carl was just in Nairobi. Jeremiah could have been in Nairobi. You know, it's, it's an attack. It's an assault. So you, you pay attention but you don't let hope be robbed from you of current events because God wants us to, to, to clearly, God wants us to clearly see the king and his advancing kingdom as it's demonstrated on the earth and your heart will be filled with hope. As we close, I always love somebody playing. Mary, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. You like to do it. There is so much here on hope that, Beth, I want you to 
put on this message title, The Power of Hope. The Power of Hope. Examine yourself. Scripture says, examine yourself. Are there areas in your life where despair or fear or dread have come in, seeped in very subtly? I know some people who do not know, they're not believers, and you know what? The truth is they don't have hope and they don't want to have kids. One of the saddest things you could ever know because all they see is what they see. When you have children, Wanda and I have the privilege of loving and nurturing five children. I look at Steve with four little girls. The future is bright in the kingdom of God. You can expect great things from God. And see, this is not a rah-rah. What the Lord showed me, this is not rah-rah. This is foundational rock solid. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you would abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, be those who leak hope, release hope, speak hope, bring hope, because the God of heaven is a God of hope. I just want to speak that over each and every one of you, that if you do not have hope, there's some area in your life that's under the influence of a lie, and the prayer team specifically, they, they love praying for the sick, they love laying hands and healing, but the thing I want to heal is I want to break that lie off you. So we're going to ask, if you're under that influence, you know it. There's an area in my life, I have no hope. You come and you get that broken off. That lie needs to be broken off. God is always with you. God has a plan for you. You're guaranteed to be a fruit bearer. That's hopeful. You are guaranteed, abide in me and I abide in you, I guarantee you will bear much fruit. Jeremiah 17, 7. Abide in me, be a fruit bearer. When the heat of the day comes, your, your leaves are going to be as green as green, your roots are going down in the river, and you're going to be a fruit bearer. And the heat, when the heat comes, you will be a fruit bearer. That's hopeful. God has a plan for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. He knows the plans for you that he has. Plans for hope and a future. That one scripture confirms, expect great things from God. God is always with you. He rejoices over you. He sings over you. He promised us in Matthew 28, he'd never leave us or forsake us. He'll be with us to the end of the age. That is hopeful. That fills my heart with hope. So Father, we come now and we say, God, we pray by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope, now, now, the God of hope fill you, fill you with hope joy and with peace in believing that you may abound in hope. Father, I pray that we would be so hopeful and we recognize it as a miracle working power of the Holy Spirit in us. That as we walk in this day, in this age, we will be the most powerful, hopeful people on the planet. So Holy Spirit, do that now in Jesus' name break lies off now. I see lies being broken off. 
It's really that simple. Break the lie and let the truth come in. Break the lie, let the truth come in. Prayer teams, I'm going to ask you to come up right now. So please come up, prayer teams, come up. And please do not leave. But the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart. And you know that there's an area of hopelessness or despair or dread that's come upon you. Come. These people have anointing to break the lie and to release hope. Father, we pray now that what you want to accomplish, we trust your word. Your word goes forth. You are the one who makes it bear fruit. Your word goes forth. It will not return void. It will accomplish what it was sent to do. 